Sex clearly holds a privileged place within our culture today. In the first century where the apostles lived, it wasn't much different. While they didn't have the internet in the first century, pornography and sex were still a very prominent part of society. The people of the ancient world saw no reason for restraint. Casual sex is written about in many ancient texts and is depicted in ancient art. However, we live in one of the most sexualized cultures in all of history. The internet has made every kind of sexual behavior accessible in the privacy of your own house. I could stand here today and give you all kinds of stats about sex in our society and culture, but there's no real need for that, is there? I think we all know the reality of the challenges we face in regards to sex and sexuality today. Yet, addressing sex as the church is one of the biggest challenges. We don't like to talk about it. But believe it or not, many, many Christians have sex and enjoy it. (laughs) It's kind of hard to believe, isn't it? Yet, we all prefer not to talk about it. At least, not to talk about it in the church particularly if we're discussing what the Bible says about sexual immorality. Sex, in the right standards that God laid out for us in Scripture, is enjoyable. And it is a good thing. God designed us to have sex. But when it comes to teaching about what the Bible says on sexual immorality, that becomes difficult at times. In fact, I would have preferred it if the apostles had not written about it at all in Scripture. It makes me uncomfortable sometimes. It makes me uncomfortable mostly because I know that none of us are immune to its temptations. Many of us fail in this area of our lives. Yet, when it comes to sexual immorality, many Christians today still do not talk about it. But they do seem to justify it in their lives. I've heard all of the excuses. Looking at pornography isn't hurting anyone. We can live together and have sex because we are in love. How will we know if we are compatible with each other if we don't try it out first? These are all really just excuses to get what we want. All of sin is selfish and self-centered. We live in a society where we want what we want when we want it. And usually that means we want it now. So however we can justify our behavior is fine as long as we don't have to give up what we want when we want it. In his book, Divine Sex, Jonathan Grant writes this, Human identity is deeper and more complex than a simplistic cognitive model of personhood. We certainly grow through rational understanding. But in order to come to the fullness of Christian maturity, our imaginations, our feelings, our intuitions, our convictions all need to be aligned with our faith. Did you catch that? In order to come to the fullness of Christian maturity, our imaginations, feelings, intuitions, and convictions all need to be in line with our faith. We must resist the idea that we can live our lives in segmented boxes where one area of our life never comes in contact with another area. So our religious and Christian and faith life is in one box, and it never comes in touch with our entertainment box or our home life box. You see, our faith has to be in line with all the other aspects of our life. 
Grant goes on to talk about the fact that traditional Christian morality is usually articulated like this. All you need to do to overcome sexual immorality or any immorality or sin is a sufficient knowledge of what the Bible says, coupled with a Herculean amount of willpower to overcome it. Simple, right? Know what the Bible says and then be strong enough to avoid it. But is that really what the Bible says about how we overcome immorality in our lives? Jonathan Grant goes on to say, But this kind of thinking neglects the fact that there are other organs beyond the brain that might be, shall we say, relevant to the discussion. Our sexual lives don't just play out in rational and deliberate choices that we make. Rationalism is the idea that clarity of thought itself will bring about personal transformation. But in reality, just knowing the right information does not produce life transformation. This is why the Bible says we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. A renewing process has to take place in our mind and our heart before the transformation can take place. Just simply knowing the right information does not produce transformation in our lives. The Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So what's the result of thinking about such things that are true and right and noble? It is that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So in other words, if we are not putting whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, and whatever is admirable into our minds and our hearts, then that transformation cannot take place. But if we're putting those things into our minds and our hearts, then the peace of God will bring about transformation because the peace of God transcends all other understanding. Therefore, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in any and every situation, through prayer and petitioning God and giving thanks, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.